I'm recording this late night style. It's 12:54 p.m. I'm usually a, I usually podcast in the afternoon, but uh, this is getting recorded late night. Just got done with the shift at the bar, and uh, you know, thought maybe I'll go home and I'll record a podcast. I'm having a little bit of water because of all the cigarette smoke I breathed in tonight. Listen to this, though. I got to tell you guys because who else am I going to tell? Because you reach a certain age, you know. You get to your mid-30s. Your friends start dropping dropping away. You don't got as many uh, fellas and gals to call up and say, guess what happened with my life? You can call your mom. You can say, mom, guess what happened? And she'll say, oh, my God. Wow. Jacob, wow. That's why I did call, actually. Because last night, a little lightning storm came through Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. And me and Sarah are sitting here on the couch. We just went to the dollar store. We had some Abe's hot dogs. I actually had the best french fries of my life on the same day when the storm came to town. We were driving around. I said, you know what? I, I, I can go for some fries with gravy. So we ended up going to... Abe's on Barney Street, a Wilkesbury institution, not as good as the Abe's on South Main. It's a town with many restaurants named Abe's. So, they were the crispiest, most delicious French fries I'd ever eaten. They were almost that golden brown that's becoming a little more brown. And dipped in the gravy, we got a slide of cheese. We had three hot dogs. I got the ever-popular Sam steak, which is just minute steak on a bun that you really have to chew. Uh, my girlfriend knew our waitress. They go to CrossFit together. I have not mentioned on this podcast that my girlfriend's in a cult, but she is. And the waitress is also in that cult. So you know what we got? An extra side of fries. Like we were Scientologists or something. She comes over and says, hey, I'm going to tide you over. Which I thought was interesting. Maybe she just thought that I looked that hungry. That she's like, you know, you just had your french fries. Here's a little more french fries because the hot dogs are running behind. Anyway, lightning storm coming through town. The bolt hits. Um, the power goes out. It's that classic silence. And then we hear this. And I'm thinking, is it murder hornet season already? Is the Juro spider already coming from the sky? And covering the East Coast. Do you guys know about the Juro spider? It's coming. There's going to be giant spiders that drop from the sky. Parachute it down, they say. Uh, all over the East Coast. They're pretty big. And they should uh, they should eat some mosquitoes. So don't kill the Juro spider. But it's going to scare the hell out of you if one lands on you. Anyway, we hear... Bzz, 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 bzz. So, you know, me and all my uh, my knowledge of things. Uh, that's the few times I've seen... Twister or Sharknado. I know the is not good in a lightning storm. So we uh, look outside. There's a transformer been hit by lightning. She's down. She's on the street. The street's covered in water. There's sparks flying all over the place. The tree is now on fire. So it's a, it's just fine. Everyone's calling 911 the whole block. It's engulfed in flames. Guy's coming out of his house. He goes, you got a cigarette? Yeah, man. Gave him a cigarette. I went live on Facebook. There was a whole thing. So I and I'm looking. I'm going. Oh my God! Well, there's the tree. It's on fire. There's a few houses there. There's my car. Uh, directly across from the tree that's on fire. I thought I'm. Uh, it's definitely falling there. 
So um, the rain puts it out. The, the, the power goes out. The transformer goes out. Everything's fine. A fireman knocks on my door. He says, hey, you mind if I, mind if I use your bathroom? I said, no problem, bud. Right this way. Leave him to the bathroom, you know. Thank you for your service. They didn't do anything. The power company shot off the power and the rain put the fire out. But still, thank you for your service. So me and my girlfriend are in the living room. Me and Sarah. The fireman's in the bathroom. And the fireman is in the bathroom. And uh, we're, we're going to leave because the power's not going to get restored until 2 in the morning. So we think might as well binge drink. Might as well black out. And that way if we come home, the power's still off. We'll just fall asleep in a puddle of cigarette smoke and regret. But... Uh, then I'm like looking at her. I'm like, is that, you think the fireman's taking a shit in there? <laughs> you think this fireman? Not that I think the fireman should have knocked on the door and said, hey, hey, man, number two. I got number two. And I said, right this way, Sergeant. I'm, I'm happy to have you use my bathroom in this way. But, uh, yeah, he was in there. He was in there like 25 minutes taking, a, taking a, <laughs> the biggest fireman shit of all time. And he goes, he, he leaves. He says, thank you. I said, thank you. Uh, which now, in like retrospect, it's like because he didn't he didn't fight the fire, the rain fought the fire. So in retrospect, it's like, thank you, sir, thank you, Mister Fireman, for taking a huge, a huge shit in my toilet. <laughs> sometimes poop, poop, poop. Sometimes, sometimes poop humor just. Does it? You know what I mean? What's funnier than a fart sometimes? You know, you try to be highbrow. You try to put poems podcast. You try to you try to read the classics. You try to talk about Anne Bradstreet and sure enough, a guy knocks on your door, takes a twenty five minute shit in your toilet and, and you can't stop laughing. And we're laughing too, why you know, he's taken why he's in there. Cause it's like, is he still in there? And I'm thinking, did he clog it? Like am I gonna have to get this guy a plunger? <sighs> I went to the bar, uh, went wild, I sang karaoke, I sang New York State of Mind, I sang How Blue Can You Get. People said, we're, we're going to give you the last the last song. The DJ said, Jake, you want to sing the last? I said, yes, I'd be honored to sing the last song. Took a holiday from the neighborhood, hop a flight to Miami Beach, or to Hollywood. You know, I'm up there singing like a fucking sparrow. Or whatever. Hey, you know what I'm going to do tonight? Late night style. Late night on what are poems? Orvid, I think is his name. I'm going to YouTube it. I'm going to find out what this fucker's name is, and we're going to do him. Orvid. Orvid. He's a Roman. Remember Anne Bradstreet? She's the first American poet published in England. Orvid's like one of the first poets. Stay tuned. Late night. What are poems? Hey, it's late night water poems. So put you to sleep. This is my lullaby to the rainy streets where Humphrey Bogart walks in a kaleidoscopic dream where the rain pitter patters out the all night diner where the women drink their coffee black late into the evening so they could stay up to pick the milk up from the milkman. Does it feel like poetry? Does it feel like late night poetry? Hey, the guy's name's not Orvid. It's Ovid, I think. Uh, 
Do I ever really know? Remember I called Quincy Trope Miles Trope for like an entire podcast? This is going to put you guys to sleep. Sleep tight, my little poets. Uh, all right, enough jazz. Enough jazz. You're gonna wake. You're gonna wake everybody up in the house. The cats are gonna get up. Daddy, is it time to eat? That's what Gert will say. Gert will say, Daddy, I was sleeping and I heard jazz. Because cats love jazz, as you remember. Remember the Aristocats. The Aristocats. There's something racist in that movie. There's something racist in all Disney movies. And now they got the, uh, <laughs> they have a thing in the beginning of all the, if you watch on Disney Plus, there's like a black screen that comes out before you watch any Disney movie. And it's like, by the way, the Walt Disney Company, although family friendly, has been racist for the better part of a millennia. You know, so. Wants to be a cat. Uh, how about Ovid, Ovid, known in English as Ovid. He's a Roman poet who lived during the reign of Augustus. The thing that's racist in this Aristocat song is the, uh, is the Siamese cat. You know what part I'm talking about? Right here. Tell me this isn't the most racist thing you ever heard. All right, I got it now. Here's here's the racism. Hit me, Walt Disney. That's the guy that voices Tigger, uh, playing a racist stereotype of an of an Asian person. Thank you, Walt Disney. But you know they they can't they can't have gay kisses on the Disney Channel, or can they now? Google that. Google that for the children that deserve a life. Where people aren't so prejudiced. Can you gay kiss on the Disney Channel? God, Jesus, Timothy Chalamet, can we do it? I hope so. That's a hot take. It shouldn't be, but it is. I'm sorry that I had all that weird music playing. I'm sorry that I did this. It's late night. I'm not used to doing this late night. We gotta get to Ovid. Ovid. Known as Ovid. Ready? He's a Roman poet. He lived during the reign of Augustus. He was a contemporary of older poets, Virgil and Horace, with whom he is often ranked as one of the canonical poets of Latin literature. The imperial scholar, Quintilian. So as far as uh, imperial scholars go, Quintilian, uh, he, knows, uh, he knows what he's saying, and he considers him the last of the Latin love elegist. Although Ovid enjoyed enormous popularity during his lifetime, this guy is the Stephen King of Rome. The emperor Augustus banishes him to a remote province on the Black Sea, where he remains a decade until his death. So ten years, he's in a remote province going, I used to write beautiful Roman poetry, and Quintilian said I was a Latin love elegist, and the women loved me, the men loved me, Augustus loved me, and now where? Who am I? Who am I? I'm two, four, six, oh, one... That's Jean Valjean from Les Miserables. Uh, Victor Hugo also exiled at one point in his life. So maybe it's all connected. Like we say, 
here at What Are Poems. History, time, love, life, it's a mosaic. You know, it's all repeating. It's all broken tiles at our feet. The first major Roman poet to begin his career during the reign of Augustus Ovid is today best known for the Metamorphosis, a 15-book continuous mythological narrative written in the meter of epic and for the works in elegant couplets. His poetry was much imitated during late antiquity and the Middle Ages and greatly influenced Western art and literature. So we have him to thank for uh, Reacher on Amazon Prime. The Metamorphosis remains one of the most important sources of classical mythology. Sir, what about your life, Ovid? What you say about your life? Um, a contemporary of the older poets Virgil and Horace, Ovid was the first major Roman poet to begin his career during the Augustus reign. Collectively, they are considered the three canonical poets of Latin literature, like we said. Today, um, Ovid writes more about his own life than most of the other Roman poets. Information about his biography is drawn primarily from his poetry, especially Tristia 4.10, which gives a lengthy autobiographical account of his life. Other sources include Seneca the Elder and, of course, Quintilian. Ovid was born um, in the town of Solmo. Uh, it's a modern-day Solmona. Um, it's in the eastern valley of Rome to an important equestrian family. So he's born to a family of the horse people. Uh, they probably have long hair. They probably... Um, I'm completely wrong about what equestrian means. <laughs> It's late light style. Uh, no, the equestrious, uh, the horse or cavalrymen, uh, constitute the second class of property-based classes of ancient Rome, ranking just below the senatorial class. A number of equestrians' uh, order was known as the equests. So they are not uh, they are not horse people. I'm thinking they're like uh, the girls in high school who would um, raise their hand when the teacher said. Uh, all right, class dismissed. And like, well, uh, what about the homework? You didn't collect the homework. That's who I'm picturing. And they have, they have model horses on their dresser. And if you go in their room, um, um, to kiss them, they say, uh, no, um, I'm much more interested in horses, um, than than kissing you. Their backpacks are a mess. These are the women that I'm talking about. Um, when I think of an equestrian family, the father uh, wears uh, uh, cardigans and his favorite snack is a Cadbury egg. Uh, but I'm wrong. I was wrong, and now I know. That's learning. That's what our poems, what our equestrians, we learn here. It's part of the, it's part of the uh, show. Around 4000 BC, 12 um, more cavalry were established. These included non-patent. Oh, I'm, I'm reading the wrong thing. Maybe I shouldn't do this late night. You ever think of that, guys? Huh? <laughs> so he's born to this equestrian family. Um, along with his brother, who excelled at oratory, Ovid was educated in rhetoric in Rome under the teachers Aerolus uh, Fuscus and Porcus Latro. His father wanted to study rhetoric so that he might practice law. According to Seneca the Elder, Ovid tended to the emotional, not the argumentative pole of rhetoric. Following the death of his brother at 20 years of age, Ovid renounced law and traveled to Athens, Asia Minor, and Sicily. He held minor public posts um, and as a member of the Centrumbial Court and as one of the, uh, this is just a bunch of Latin that I can't read, but he resigns to pursue poetry probably around 29 to 25 BC, a decision which his father 
apparently disapproved of. So, you know, oh, it's an art kid. He's an art kid that's uh, going to do a lawyer thing for a little while after he does a, 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 a summer abroad in Asia Minor. And his dad says, Ovid, you'll never make it as a poet. Ovid's first race, Ovid's first time reciting anything public has been dated to around 25 BC when he was 18 years old. Um, he had a bunch of famous and uh, good friends. He was admired greatly. He only barely met Virgil, though, a fellow member of his class, uh, but he did admire his elegies greatly. He married three times. He divorced twice by the time he was 30, so he's just moving through women. He had one daughter and a grandchild through these marriages. His last wife was connected in some way to an influential group, and uh, that helped him to get exiled because I guess Augustus didn't like these people. His literary success, uh, he spends the first 25 years of his literary career primarily writing poems in an elegaic manner, which is like, um, it's basically like uh, porn. Uh, it's uh, it's the uh, it's like an elegy of something that expresses a similar mournfulness or sorrow. Um, it can refer more specifically to poetry composed uh, in couplets. So this is something we're learning about poems right now. So he's... Uh, He's basically writing these sad uh, porn poems uh, for a while, as uh, as as you'll do in your twenties, right? Um, the works are not secure for his early years. We don't really know much about that, and the authenticity authenticity of some of his poems has been challenged over the years. Eventually, he completes the Metamorphosis in eight A.D. Uh, his most ambitious work, an epic poem, fifteen books, but it's not like Homer's epics where it, uh, where it's telling one story. It's kind of like um, the stories follow each other in telling of human beings transformed into new bodies, trees, rocks, animals, flowers, constellations. Um, so it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, like it's it's nothing like anyone's ever seen. And then he's uh, he's exiled to uh, Tumas in the Black Sea by an exclusive intervention of the Emperor Augustus without any participation of the Senate or any Roman judge. And this event shaped all his following poetry. Ovid wrote that the reason for his exile was a poem and a mistake, claiming that his crime was worse than murder, more harmful than poetry. So who knows what he did? No one does. He pines for Rome and for his third wife that he can't see because he's exiled, addressing many poems to her. Some are also to the Emperor Augustus, yet others are to himself, to friends in Rome, and sometimes to the poems themselves, expressing loneliness and hopes uh, to be recalled from banishment or exile, but no one knows why he's exiled. Um, Ovid's exile is only mentioned by his own work once in a dubious passage, um, and most scholars ever oppose hypotheses that say... Um, That say there is any kind of reason for his exile. No one really knows. He dies in Tumas in 17 or 18 A.D. And they think that his one of his last poems was published posthumously and might have been revised after his death. Ovid. Short life, crazy life, many ups and downs. Do you want to hear one of his poems? I'll come back with it. Hold on to your... What did we accomplish with this episode of What Are Poems, this late night 
episode of One Art Poems. Not much. I don't think um, I did a good job this time. I think this is one of the worst episodes of One Art Poems. And we're coming on our 50th episode. And this ranks, I think, as maybe number 37 on the list. Easy. Easy. It was late night. It was different. I'm gonna start. I'll record in the afternoon next time, guys. I'm, I'm gonna come back with some really hard hitters. It's gonna get good here on what our poems again. You know. Um, how about one of these Ovid's poem? I think this poem by Ovid. It's called "Either She Was Foul or Her Attire Was Bad," which I think is a wild thing. Uh, is a wild name for a poem from a from a guy who died in eight A.D. Right. This is translated by Christopher Marlowe, Shakespeare's buddy. Ovid, tell us your poem. Either she was foul, or her attire was bad, or she was not the wench I wisheth to have had. Idly I lay with her, as if I loved not, and like a burden grieved with bed that moved not. Yet though both of us performed our true intent, yet I could not cast anchor where I meant. She on my neck, her ivory arms did throw, her arms far whiter than Scythian snow, and eagerly she kissed me with her tongue, and under mine her wanton thigh she flung, yeah, and she soothed me up, and called me sir, and used all speech that might provoke and stir. Yet, like as if cold hemlock I had drunk, it mocked me, hung down the head, and sunk, like a dull cipher, a rude block I lay, or shade or body was I, who could say? What will my age do, age I cannot shun, when in my prime my force is spent and done? I blush that being youthful, hot, and lusty, I proved neither youth nor man, but old and rusty. Pure rose she, like a nun to sacrifice, or one that with her tender brother lies, yet boarded I I the golden shy twice, and Libus and the white-cheeked Pitho twice. Carina craved it in the summer's night, and nine sweet bouts we had before daylight. What waste my limbs through Thumthessian charms? May spells and drugs do silly souls such harm? As virgin wax hath summoned past my joints, and pierced my liver with sharp needle points. Charms change corn to grass and make it die. By charms are running spring and mountains dry. By charms mass crops from oaks, from vines, grapes fall, and fruit from trees when there's no wind at all. Why might not when my sunids be enchanted and I grow faint, as with some spirit haunted? To this sad shame, shamed reformer quailed me, and was the second cause why vigor failed me. My idle thoughts delight her no more, and did the robe or garment which she wore. It might her touch make youthful plyless fly, fire, and tithen livelier than his years required. Even her I had, and she had me in vain. What might I crave more if I asked again? I think the great gods grieved they had bestowed the benefit which lewdly I forslowed. I wish to be received in, in, I get me to kiss, I kiss to lie with her, she let me. Why was I blessed? 
Why made king to refuse it? Shuff like had I got no gold and could not use it. So in a spring thrives he that told so much and looks upon the fruits he cannot touch. Hath any rose so from a fresh young maid as she might straight have gone to church and prayed? Will I believe she kissed not as she should, nor use the slight and cunning which she could? Huge oaks, hard adamants might be she had moved and with sweet words caused deaf rocks to have loved worthy she was to move bold gods and men but neither was i a man nor lived then can deaf deer take delight when i sing or thermius is curious painted things what sweet thought is there but I had the same, and one gave place till at another came, yet notwithstanding, like one dead and lay, drooping more than rose pooled yesterday. Now when he stood not yet, he bolts upright and craves his task and seeks to be a fight. Lie down with shame and see thou stir no more, seeing thou wouldst deceive me as before, thou cousinst me. By thee surprised am I, and bide sore loss with endless infamy. Nay, more, the wench did not disdain a wit to take it in her hand and play with it. But when she saw it, would be no means stand, but still drooped down, regarding not her hand. Why mockest thou me, she cried, or being ill, who bade thee lie down here against thy will? Either thou art witch, with blood of frogs new dead, or Jadis came thou from some other bed. With that her loose gown on, from me she cast her and skipping out her naked feet much graced her. Unless her maid should know of this disgrace, to cover it, split water round the place. Ovid, you pervert. Wow, didn't know it was going to be that long. So it's called either she was foul or her attire was bad. And I'm pretty sure he gets a prostitute. Um, She looks pretty good, but I think he's talking about... His nether regions, when he's saying that it that it's cold as hemlock and it sinks, it's hung down the head and sunk, and it mocks him. So that's about that's about Ovid's penis, for sure, right? Is that what we're getting? And then something about frog's blood, and he he can't get it up. What the hell did we expect it? Oh my god, wasn't it wild? That's what I, I said it before, though. Remember, I said he writes porn. Ovid writes. Ovid's a porn writer. Ovid. Where you at, man? I'm Ovid. This is basically what we what we heard. This was. This is Ovid. Ovid is the Marvin Gaye of Rome. Hey, when we come back. I'll do a reader's poem, and then I'll sign off on this very odd. And surprising episode of What Are Poems? Late Night. Marvin? Hey, I'm back. Um, this this is what really long. It was oh, it was so. I'm still doing Marvin Gaye. Everyone's sleeping in my house. I'm not gonna have time to do another poem. I hope it went too long. He perverted our minds, he perverted our souls. He's Ovid, it's ancient Rome. Remember Caligula? He had people sucking on his toes in a pool. We've been everywhere tonight. We've really got on a journey. Okay. Um, I'll be back next week with poems and thoughts and 
the continuing adventures of my life and your lives and whatever's happening here. Well, folks, until next time, peace and love, peace and love, Beef Jackie.